This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. With me, as always, my very good friends and co-hosts, Eric Branson and Ryan Steiskel. How's it going, guys? It's going. It's, it's been a busy one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... Yeah. Oh, really? I thought it, it's so balmy here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Right. No. It's I mean, just it's fucking... Ch- not just cold, but, like, rainy, too. So we went camping Ch- this weekend in uh, Baraboo, Wisconsin, and yeah, pretty much rained half the time, oh, yeah. and then temperature dropped, so yeah, it was uh, not a very very fun way of ending, ending our camping season. <laughs> I was going to say, fall or see, fall in the Midwest, it's like the second that equinox, it's like it's just waiting for you know, yep. the equinox, and it's like, hey, it's 87, hey, it's 52. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, am, so. I am happy. I am eager about it. <laughs> like, yeah it's like, i actually ooh, t- tend to an enjoy fall to get, weather quite a bit but yeah cozy weather right away like all about like ooh spice drinks and whatever like yeah i, I got my bullet it, bourbon with a little bit of like uh apple cider in it it's definitely prominently bourbon but but you know it, it feels like the whole fall season this year is really being marketed like insane Oh, thank God. I'm happy that Halloween I mean, has now invaded September. Yeah, like, that's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine yeah. with the that. The more Halloween we can get, you know, Christmas gets like two whole months, right? So yeah. Halloween needs to compete. And and I feel like it is, but it's just, even just the fall thing, like I saw oh, yeah. a, an ad on TV or an ad somewhere for like Dunkin' Donuts new campaign. And it's like, you know. Oh, Pumpkin Dunkin' or something Fall like hard that. or something like that. And people are just going ape shit about it fucking seasonal change i'm like i get it yeah it's nice i like this time of year too i'm a big fan but holy yeah. shit they're getting uh i don't know so he's all shook up about it oh god <laughs> fuck them we're happy i will say this i was in i was in target like earlier this weekend um and we were enjoying like the the, the fall stuff the corny costumes and everything like that um and then we peeked around the corner at like like this is at the furthest corner of the target where all the halloween shit is i don't know if it's the same in every target but it's the one that we were going to and even in the furthest corner the last aisle the one up against the wall the one where you find like the clearance garden shit like uh, it's end of summer what up i saw in this small little section christmas wreaths and I'm like, this is the oh, cancer yeah. right here. This is the tumor. <laughs> this is where it will now grow it's out there. Yeah. as the months go on. And this is what we'll take over. We have to cut it out now as we can. Burn it. So we quietly went over there and started it on fire. <laughs> quietly? <laughs> yeah. We went with pitchforks and torches. Well, I think Nightmare Before Christmas is really responsible for the the battle there. Not responsible for it, but definitely demonstrated it. I think it definitely helps eases the transition. 
Yeah, um, I think it yeah. brings a nice, solid dose of Halloween to Christmas, honestly, because in my opinion, that is much more of a... I think we talked about this when we did our like Christmas movies special years back at this point, but uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is a bit more of a christmas movie than it is a halloween movie people yeah. pull it out at halloween and it, it's right there in the title it's a christmas movie right right it just, is. yeah it just brings that nice dose of halloween-ness for lack of any term but uh but you know yeah because halloweeniness didn't sound as cool i don't know holly halloweeniness yeah well speaking of a halloweeny and halloween <laughs> i think it's a good time to say like we're starting our halloween week our month Week. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Month. Most likely you're listening to this and it's a lot closer to Halloween than it is for us now. Uh but we're starting Halloween. Oh, it's today, always in my so heart, Eric. Like, yeah. Like yeah, a palpitation. <laughs> yeah. This this is our Christmas, guys. So most people That's get right. giddy about Christmas and this is a yeah, this is ours. We have a yeah. uh shall we say a, a burn in love for both holidays. <laughs> almost an itch he's come with the jokes today oh yeah yeah i i am the devil in disguise <laughs> no so yeah we are kicking off our halloween uh extravaganza we do every year with um gosh i don't even know how to really classify this one uh take a breath take your time <laughs> yeah. well i'll just introduce it first i guess tonight we're going to yeah. be talking about the 2002 i guess american comedy horror film bubba hotep Impersonator. You fell off a stage and broke your hip? Who was it? 20 years ago. That's where they took a piece of my brain. I got a little bag of sand up there now. Jack, President Kennedy was a white man. They dyed me this color. What we have here at Shady Rest is an Egyptian soul sucker of some sort. Some kind of Bubba Hotep. You know, a mummy hiding out, feeding on the sleeping. He can just keep on feeding unless he's finally destroyed. All right, man, let's go. Stop on you, baby. Okay, so how the hell do I describe Bubba Hotep? Um, okay, so I tried doing this with my daughter you earlier. Just go today, for so, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Elvis isn't dead. Um, he swapped places with an Elvis impersonator in the 70s. The impersonator died, and now 
Elvis is viewed as an old washed-up Elvis impersonator, though, you know, a really good one. Um, he's in a nursing home in Texas where there's some kind of ancient evil entity going around the nursing home sucking the souls out of the anuses of the residents, and Elvis and an African-American dyed sand-brained John F. Kennedy are the only ones who can stop him. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty good. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. Didn't mention that the uh, the entity that you uh, named oh. is actually a mummy. Yeah, dressed uh, as oh, a cowboy. The hotep part yeah. of the uh, yeah, yeah, dressed as a cowboy. Evil entity dressed mummy as dressed as a, a cowboy. cowboy. Yeah, you know so. that movie <laughs> based on the yeah. novella of the same name by Joe R. Lansdale. Yep. Yep. So. Oh. Oh, this God. is based off of something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a series of these books, if you're really into it. There's sequels. Um, not mm-hmm. Novellas, not books. Yeah. Not novels, but... Yeah. And, and some comics, I too. I could swear, just by Joe's like description and just the premise of this whole thing, there, there was a wheel spun of random nonsense, and the first th- three things that came onto the wheel made the premise of this there's, movie there's a lot actually Elvis, to unpack black kennedy yeah mummy cowboy there's a lot to unpack from this so uh written co-produced oh, yeah. and directed by don coscarelli of phantasm fame um mm-hmm. stars bruce campbell as elvis and famous actor ozzy davis as kennedy yeah. so right there um that's another weird random spin is let's get one of the greatest b-movie actors and one of the greatest like hollywood actors and yeah, like put them in this bizarre film together. Um, a a black actor from classic Hollywood, which obviously there there were only a few yeah. of these guys that were in mainstream, you know, movies in the in that day and age. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So and um, it makes for a surprise and power and, and Re- of a film. Reggie actually. Bannister, of course, yeah, as well. Yeah. So. Reggie Bannister. Um, so I, I have to admit, I just recently, I haven't finished it yet, but I started watching on HBO, they they have the new Elvis movie that came oh, out yeah. a year yep. ago. I uh, started watching it, and so far i got to say, like, yeah, it's holding my interest, um, and the, the guy who's playing Elvis is quite good. I'm sorry, his name escapes me at the moment. Yeah, I can't remember. So going that. back and revisiting this one, um, seeing uh, Bruce Campbell play Elvis, I was blown away how how good he is in this. Like even compared to what's considered like this is the new good Elvis impersonation. Bruce Campbell playing an aging Elvis is brilliant. Like the yeah. way he handles this character in this it's, silly movie is really insane. It, it's, it's it's heavy in yeah. some aspects. Like heavy when you think about what this movie is. Right. Like it's like. Holy shit! Yeah, like there's some dignity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's an incredibly silly movie uh, or silly premise, and the thing that they do the best here, and actually the thing that keeps it funny, keeps it light, keeps the stuff that's not light and the more serious topics about aging and a comment about how we, you know, view the elderly and treat the elderly, um, which is all very much there. Not even a subtext. It's 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 in the movie yeah. for sure. Um, but all of that stuff works because of the way that uh, the cast at, and Don Coscarelli as the director and the crew, everybody treats the subject material seriously. And I don't mean like yeah. they're you know dead serious about. They, they know they're having. They know this is a fun thing. But what works so well about it is that you know Bruce Campbell really commits to this, and you know, he's he's old man Elvis. Like that's and he turns in probably one of his best screen performances. Yeah. Um, you know, he he doesn't have a whole lot of starring roles out there 
outside of the Evil Dead series, unfortunately, because this shows he's really got some 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 acting chops, which I think those of us that have seen you know a, a large majority of his work kind of knew about him. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is a fantastic performance, and and Ossie Davis Jr. is great in in this as well. Um, he his his portrayal is a little more. Um, I would say a little more comedic, but it's not because it's 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 well balanced too. Like it's when it needs to be serious, it's serious. And yeah. It's kind of, Again, yeah. that like your the use of the word "well balanced" is yeah accurate. <laughs> like surprisingly yeah. so. Like that's How probably well like the strongest works. elements of this movie. Actually, isn't the B movie part, but those moments with these actors as yeah. these characters. Well, yeah. yeah. Thinking about what what. Joe said the movie is about and kind of what you you know know about Don Coscarelli or about um, you know Bruce Campbell. You might have a certain amount of expectations. You will get all of that stuff, but you get a whole lot more too, which is yeah, which is what makes this really a gem. So not to jump into reviewing it yet, but right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did want to ask like what your your first experiences are with this. Um, Ryan, how many have you seen this before? I own the movie. Um, I received it as a birthday gift from my friend David uh, from the podcast on occasion. Mm -hmm. Uh, He he gave it to me, I think it was like my first year I I moved to Milwaukee, so it was like six years ago. So it was the first time I ever seen it. Uh, And then this is the second time that I've seen it. Um, And I have to say, like, again, it's just like, oh, right. I really enjoyed this movie. Like, I, I remember, like first time seeing it good god that was great and then like the years go past and then rewatching it again i was re-reminded of like oh shit this movie has a fucking heart and it's mm-hmm. and it's kind of fun actually uh for what it is how about you guys um this was one that i actually had the this is like gotten to the point where it's no longer like a childhood memory like i was a young adult when this came out so just out of high school um I actually heard of this being made, I don't know, through whatever horror magazine or something that I was reading. And, you know, they, they obviously ran with the headline, like, Bruce Campbell's playing Elvis and this, you know, crazy, you know, um, adaptation of this Joe Lansdale story and the Phantasm directors doing the, you know, doing it. And so it piqued my interest right away. And I kind of followed the process from when this was made in 2002 when I first started reading about it to the point where we actually got to see it in, I think, like, 2005 four or so by Mm -hmm. the time it made its way to home video because it opened on so few screens i think they were doing kind of a roadshow style uh distribution on it and then eventually it did it got so much attention and the reviews kept rolling in and there was so much uh it just kind of like blew up and eventually they did get picked up for you know major distribution and i I don't know if it did more if it did more screens then or they just uh, sent it straight out to video but it was. I probably was aware of Bubba Hotep and, and and anxious to see Bubba Hotep for at least a year before I actually got to see it. So it was one that I had a lot of anticipation for, and oftentimes you set yourself up for some letdowns in that case. And this one was not one of those. This one lived up to and probably exceeded my expectations for, oh, for yeah, what easily. we were gonna get. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> So my experience was very similar to Eric's because, yeah, this came out when we were in college and I remember hearing about it and it was, you know, searching online to find out what's the nearest theater that I could maybe go see this at. And I think it was somewhere like two, two and a half hours away. And I remember vaguely like considering doing the drive 
but mm-hmm. um, I didn't, and so I had to wait until it came out. But I remember this is one of the, at the time, I, I don't care about doing it now, but I, at the time I was real weird about buying a DVD if I hadn't seen it yet, and like seeing that film yet. Like, do I really want this? Uh, this is one I bought right away. I'm like, I'm not. I'm, I know I'm gonna love this one. Yep. So. I should, yeah. yeah. I but, should mention that this movie was a gift com- combo. He bought me this movie and uh, Buckaroo Banzai. That actually is a nice pairing. And they're both the the special edition Blu-rays. He was. He's yeah. quite a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. so. One Cheer, the, cheers to David for that. Yeah, yeah. We, we have we already kind of mentioned a little bit about some of the other themes in this because it's it's, God, this is like a weird salad of a film. It's it's literally a weird salad, like things <laughs> Honestly, that you wouldn't think would go well together, and they just yeah, it shouldn't work, do, but it, it does so wonderfully. Like yeah. yeah, so and not just with like okay, let's let's get this you know, un unexpected cast together. Here's this really unexpected story. Um, but all the other themes in it too, like we mentioned briefly, the the treatment of the elderly, um, mm-hmm. and and like elderly perspective in in this. Um, you're right; it's not they, subtle. It's right there. Yeah, yeah. And they hit you with that, like right away. First scene. First of all, you're dealing with the, the first few lines of the film uh, outside of the the real showing the the uh, mummy coming to the United coming to the states. This is an old newsreel thing. But then we open on, you know. The, the rest home in East Texas where old Elvis is uh, telling you about the growth on his pecker. That, uh, right. Oh my God, is, uh, I have never like, heard the word like... pecker used so much in a film in my entire life. Yeah, so, yep. And uh, basically then kind of starts to reflect a few things about what's what's going on here. And um, but, but really essentially the first scene we get other than Elvis narrating and telling us about his, you know, medical woes is... Um, <laughs> his roommate at the rest home passing away. Yeah. And so, yeah, they hit you with this and this guy is kind of just like this forgotten person, you know, like his, his daughter eventually shows up who didn't really. And, and, um, Elvis, who everybody calls Sebastian half. It was the, uh, the name of his, uh, quote unquote, you know, imposter person. He traded places with in the seventies, uh, impersonator. And, the he gets kind of kind of defensive of this guy that he barely knew but just basically because he was kind of treated like an invisible you know person essentially and um so yeah i know they hit you with that stuff right away because i think there is especially for people that don't have you know family to watch after them there's a major problem with displacement of of the elderly and it makes aging and getting into those situations i know we, we all have parents that are kind of getting to that point in their lives um it makes it a little bit scary. So, I mean, setting a horror movie around those themes is not... This is not the first time this has ever happened, but they defi- it's definitely uh, right there. So I think from scene number one, you settle into that you're in a, you're in a different movie than you might have thought you were going to be watching because it's... Yeah. Existential is what comes to mind. This movie goes way more existential than you fucking even realize. Mm-hmm. Like, because not only do they talk about, like... Uh, the the sorrow of like aging and how disregarded you are in a culture that idolizes youth, um, but they're also getting killed off by a creature um, that sucks out their souls. And they even make note in this: it's just like, oh, he's digesting and shitting out your souls. This mummy, 
So you don't even go to go on in the afterlife. And that's actually kind of this weird motivation is just like, I don't have anything else, but at least let me have my soul and yep. like pass on. And not only mm-hmm. that protect the souls of others. So it's kind of like that's this going to be taken away from you. Well, and they also, they yeah. also make the joke that like the, the, the mummy, uh, creature doesn't, even get that much light because he's only sucking as much life force out of them or whatever it is that they have left so it's very little but they're he chooses to you know live the way he does because they're such easy pickings he can just kind of like walk in and like take you know and nobody suspects yeah that like oh they're just another person who died so it's like exactly yeah which can actually be a real thing in life of people who like take advantage of the elderly for nefarious reasons under yeah. that pre- precinct it's like oh yeah no this is a predator that does actually exist yeah. yeah the uh and and the way that they show like the staff and you know it, it's because you've got this nurse that's kind of you know mocking him and, and play, patronizing, you know, patronizing yeah. him and stuff very like patronizing, that yeah. incredibly and She's not, I wouldn't say a villain, but she's not a very likable character. But then you meet her boss, which is Reggie Bannister. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's just as bad to her. So right. it, it kind of, it's a good balance. Like, it shows there's a cycle to this. Um, a hierarchy of shittiness. There's, there's a hierarchy of shittiness. But, you know, these are, you know, but then you have these people that are, like, lowest on the totem pole or the elderly just kind of sitting there being ignored and forgotten. And yeah. when he starts going into his backstory, it's... It's another one of these things where it's like this shouldn't work, right? Right. But it totally does. Like, I, and and it's a it's a conspiracy theory, right? Because we remember like the Elvis didn't really die; he faked his death stuff. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's a conspiracy theory there, and then you get into the stuff with with Jack, yeah. and there's a conspiracy there. Well, I think it's funny because they almost oh my take God, like the, the the crazy crackpot Elvis theory, and then they kind of like one up it with having with jack, jack kennedy you know it's like so yeah it's like the best combo actually in the weirdest way yeah what's really clever about it is and you, you could believe what you want to believe about anything but they're, they're never definitive on whether or not you know elvis really is elvis or whether he's just this old impersonator that but but either way it doesn't end up mattering because that's who he is mm-hmm. you know like right. that's uh, and same well, thing same. with Jack. Like they get into this situation, say, yeah. like, it's like, yeah, that it doesn't really matter if they're if if your narrator is reliable in this situation or if it's you know they're still very much experiencing these things. And I think that's that's a pretty strong comment all by itself. Like, because right. um, I have another character around who uh, Kurosabi, Kurosabi, yeah. yeah, yeah, who also kind of plays into that like idea. Uh, He's got kind of a Lone Ranger persona going on. Yeah. Uh, And, like, I actually, like, so early on in the movie, once they actually see the mummy and shit walking past and they're kind of frozen, you see Kurosabe just going. And, like, that's really touching. Asshole. (laughs) Asshole. (laughs) Yeah, I love his catchphrase. (laughs) But then, like, he dies of a heart attack. But that was, like, that was their, that was definitely Elvis's in this movie's, uh, like, that's how we need to go out. Like, yeah, right. that was the catalyst him. to say we can we can fight him. Look at what Kimosabi he was he was at, he yeah. wasn't laying there letting his soul get sucked out. He was he was out to get him, chasing him down the hallway. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's and it's crazy because even the mummy's indifferent to this person's presence. It's just like whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
which yeah and, until they become a threat enough. the mummy seems indifferent to them at you know altogether he's kind of walks by them and kind of like the scene where they're standing in the doorway when he walks it's that scene when he walks by and he just kind of like gives him a look keeps <laughs> just keeps on going doing his thing like there's no threat perceived of any of these people yeah. until they finally you know they change their and it, it starts to change them for the better as well as they get a purpose they're going to solve this mystery which by the way there's a whole another like facet of this movie it's actually kind of a fun little mystery scooby almost scooby doo adventure very thing on here like very um <laughs> down to mummy <laughs> casket falling off of a bus into a river yeah 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 the whole setup That's with it. that again it's just the the stuff that maybe doesn't work in a way where it like okay it works but you know how like the the unassuming let's let's get this bizarre conspiracy theory black jfk up with aged elvis who's not dead that shouldn't work okay but it really works here for some reason and then you've got the stuff like about the bus crashing it's like yeah i get that guess that works but not as well um but it's done in a way where it's okay that it is kind of nonsensical you know well the movie does something that some films that we review that I've criticized, like no matter how dumb the movie is, the movie still gives you an explanation mm-hmm. to right. why something has occurred. Doesn't matter how outrageous it is, it actually gives you an explanation. Well, you're already, just like, yeah. this is stupid, just let it happen. And you're and already really on board. Liked that it did you know, it. You're already yeah. on board for that because you, you've. you've You've bitten into everything else, so it just yeah. and they even, make it entertaining too. Even, it's even not... the mummy's design is corny; like it's not like <laughs> amazing special effects. It's clearly a guy in like a rubber no. suit with a we cowboy have to remember hat. This, this movie was made on a like micro budget. Yeah, it just yeah. became a big phenomenon. Like it, it blew up. Like I, this didn't have studio backing. This was a this is the little movie that could kind of. It just became a giant phenomenon. Yeah, it so. just became huge. So yeah. I think with there's it, because it works so well on its main lines when you get to these kind of secondary things you're already on board for them and they just mm-hmm. work so it it's really clever like the whole mechanics of how this film works also like they give the mummy a personality without the mummy actually doing it themselves yeah um outside of the weird fashion choice like i that's the one thing i never explained was the fashion decision like he's he's wearing like flame like a uh, <laughs> line dancer like something from walmart and shit like, like i'm just really like, cheesy cowboy stuff like the the vest or whatever you call like the right and my yeah. head cannon's just like he got the clothes from the back of that bus of the people who stole the casket that's that's that but they add like kind of a bubba redneckish charm to this fucking mummy and the, the biggest example of it is the fact that he fucking graffitis and high hieroglyphics on the fucking wall yeah. of the bathroom and it says yeah. something about like like making fun of cleopatra some cleopatra shit. does the nasty is that with a, something, like, something that. like that yeah yeah and some shit like that and i like how you have like black jfk is the one who's translating it too like, yeah he's he's this, essentially the straight man they're both not playing this as a joke but but yeah, Jack right. is kind of like 
But he's also, I guess he's not the straight man, because he's also the guy that's totally buying into it. Elvis is the skeptic, so, at first, like... I mean, even but, his books and the magic spell at the end, like, even Elvis yeah. goes, what the fuck is this <laughs> Dakota Rain bullshit? <laughs> like, and saying what we're all thinking. Keep in mind, too, this was one of Ozzy Davis's last films, not his last yeah. one of them. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but this guy had been in so many things, going all the way back to like the 1950s. Yeah, and this is how you know <laughs> we're seeing it. He's... And I love, I love it when when performers really step out of what they're used to, like, willing to kind of laugh at themselves and laugh at mm-hmm. this whole thing. You know, I just so that's that's always a treat well, when you see that and i assume i haven't heard i never heard him talk about it at any point but i assume he found the charms in this script that i think anybody you know that gives it a chance uh found and, and also him you know they being an older gentleman at the time probably you know it was certainly was there was probably some stuff speaking to him about what it was saying about the you know the elderly and right so yeah. that there was some substance to it other than just mummies and soul sucking and you know like and they um, definitely definitely loved him on set yeah they loved him on set too like he was treated you know well like he was well respected like watching the behind the scenes and stuff like they were people very excited and nervous to work with him including bruce campbell who was like who really wanted to do his best because um of the performances that were going on here yeah it, well, it, I, it was it's it's kind of touching. It's, I, it's really there's nice. a lot of touching things in this. Like again, Bruce Campbell's portrayal of an aging Elvis who has gone through this. I I actually I don't feel like I, maybe it's just me willing to accept the character, but I never really got that there was a lot of ambiguity about whether he was really Elvis or not. I'm like, oh yeah, he is. Yeah, like, I'm not I sure. Totally there is certainly the story. not any ambiguity in the performance or the character himself like he is he is dead set on it like i feel like in the from a from a writer's standpoint or from a you could make the case that this is just a crazy old man and he's you know he's not elvis and whatever but no but at the end of the day i think the discussion doesn't matter it's it's right it doesn't in the context of this movie i mean these guys are who they say they are and it's you know it's but i really enjoyed the oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say i think it's the regrets like when yeah. he states as Elvis's regrets, his regrets says, I wish I would have uh, treated Priscilla better and like thoughts of his daughter and shit like that yeah. too. Like something yeah. that like, and that's the heavy part of this too, is like the question was asked like early on, like when he says like he was Elvis, some, like the younger uh, daughter of the vermit that died, whatever. I asked like, why would you give that all that up? Like the fame and shit. And it's like saying like, I got tired of it. Like, and I wanted a meaning of life in meaning of life is like the big theme. Really? That's what ties you in. Cause not only is a show in like, um, the elderly be disregarded, but you can still be disconnected from that being a younger viewer. Uh, but the idea of having that raison d'etre, you know, and mm. like what that means and the idea of reigniting it repeatedly throughout your life. That's what was really speaking to me too. No matter how yeah. low a moment gets in your life, you can always repurpose. Um, and yeah. that's what uh, the Bruce Cam- Campbell performance of, as Elvis is like, holy shit, oddly motivational. <laughs> like he's talking about his pecker all over yeah. the fucking thing, the growth at the end of it, but then like pushing on like, fuck, is this quotable? Like, as inspiration? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the the last scene, you know, where after the big battle, 
with the mummy and Elvis is laying there and he's he's dying. You know. And Rip's sticking out with his fucking yeah, yeah. body. And it's like it, he's old as fuck. Just kind of reflecting back like, well he you know the the people here are safe now. I've done something, you know. He's he's like, I, I'm I'm ending as the hero. And mm-hmm. The hero I always wanted to be. Yeah, the hero I wanted to be, and it, yeah, it's yeah. it's very it's it's very touching about just the his subtle performance in some of those things, like the reflectance on Elvis. You know, if Elvis had lived, what would be his regrets? Kind of a thing, and it's um, yeah. Again, I I love the conspiracy theory angle on this, but I also like that it it knows when to dial back on that. Oh and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Bring it out... does balance out its humor and seriousness quite well. Um, yes, for what uh, it is, for what the movie actually is, it's quite surprising. I, w- I, I would, I haven't read the original story. It's something I've always wanted to read, but yeah, I, I never yeah, have either. I'd like to know how um, how close it is to it. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I know that uh, Don Coscarelli did say that he did make changes when writing the screenplay because he, well, first of all, expanding it a bit, and also uh, he had some trouble with. Um, getting feeling or integrating Elvis's voice, I think is the way he put it, or getting getting the character of Elvis to kind of come off of the page. Mm-hmm. So he he admits to kind of playing that up a little more in the screenplay than that it's might it's a little more subtle, I guess, in the, the story. So mm-hmm. so in other words, giving him a little more of a of the uh Elvisisms and such is probably a bit of Don Coscarelli's invention. But I feel like with the, that that kind of made made it in a lot of ways, but um, I can't imagine the character any different now after seeing the movie. Like, you know, if he was more of a subtle, just like random old man that claimed to be Elvis and didn't have the, you know, kind of the personality there. He's, he's a little larger than life, especially once he kind of comes back to life in the second half of the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, he's very much still Elvis Presley. Well, that's, <laughs> that's Bruce Campbell. Like, yeah. that is, like, he really wanted, like, in, um, behind, I think it was behind the scenes where he was saying, I know I heard him say it somewhere, where he was really trying to think of, like, I really want to honor this person, like, something that, like, so he says, I always thought about, you know, what would the things that Elvis would actually think about, like, humanize Elvis, you know, not just be another impersonator, but, like, to truly, like, his regrets, his worries, his thoughts, yeah. Uh, which is funny and, because you they gave Elvis essentially probably penis cancer. Like yes. it's weird that you give such a like. At least he draws the conclusion that that's what it is. So yeah. right, it's just this the idea that he's got something that's like uh like a mark from his uh, quote unquote sinful past. I don't have to put quotes. I suppose it isn't really great when you get like some kind of questionable STD in your old age. But you know what I mean? It's just like you yeah. got something that's definitely easily played for laughs. But the whole time this has happened, all I could think about was like, oh, I, I kept putting myself in that situation. Like that weird awkwardness of not only being like humiliated as an older person, but also having like a humiliating kind of like illness. Yeah. On yeah. top of it, and like humanized it, and like holy shit. Well, I like, also I'm not laughing. I'm feeling bad. <laughs> there's some things that Bruce Campbell did in the performance that really struck with me. And they're they're little subtle things, but when you're a a younger person playing, you know, somebody who's who's elderly, you know, a lot of times they just slap makeup on them and they just you know 
they try to they shuffle a little bit and they speak in a gravelly voice kind of a thing but there's there's some just subtle hand motions and the when he's explaining something i've seen bruce campbell in other movies and he doesn't use his hands when he talks like that so this was something that was very well thought out and you know i don't want to say method but you know it was it's it's a masterful performance i don't know if it's method necessarily but yeah, yeah yeah it's it's a because he is, he's totally kind of transformative. You totally buy him as Elvis, but you also totally buy him as old, which yeah, is probably harder. That's, that's like him trying to like get that's... out of bed to take a piss because he refuses to do it in a bedpan. Like, yep. weirdly, you don't think that's a performance that would really matter or really sell it, but fuck, that that weird little fucking situation totally yeah. did. <laughs> and I you mean, look at like... your elderly father get off the fucking couch for the same fucking yeah. noises. <sighs> like, yeah, that's how like I get off the couch. Bolted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and, and you're like, that's gonna be me one day. And Joe's Today. absolutely right. Like, I've seen Bruce Campbell in person a couple of times, and he, you know, this is not. He doesn't have these mannerisms. This is a, a great performance. Like, this is something that. Yes. Yeah. You know, so. I I do want to talk a little bit about um, Coscarelli's direction here because it it has definitely has his thumbprint on it more than just that um but there's some nice homages to other directors too i felt like this the scene in particular where elvis is you know in his room fighting off the giant scarab beetle um kind of some e- e- evil very dead vibes very bit. evil dead you know yeah. but what yeah. if what if ash was really old you know and <laughs> trying to which we which we kind of got to see now right yeah um yeah but yeah that was that that felt like a little sam raimi nod but otherwise, oh yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think Coscarelli, Sam Raimi and Don Coscarelli are buddies anyway. I think so. It's a, a tip of the hat for sure, especially since mm-hmm. he's got Bruce there. Yeah, <laughs> so, you right. know, another thing with his direction I thought was fascinating is like it was definitely shown um, in the earlier half of the movie, but the passage of time being rewound and kind of like skipped, kind of like in this delusional. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. state and the idea of like this is coming from the perception of a person who just kind of like sits in their lays in their bed all day, like that dilation of time and how that must be for somebody who's old. Like, oh, the end well, of the day is already done, not only that, the end of the week, and I've already been in my 30s, mm-hmm. like, noticing how quick time has moved, and I can't even imagine what it's like, like, there's, double that fucking there's time. that kind of dreamy, surreal aspect yeah. that Coscarelli puts. I mean, they're they're really prevalent especially in the first phantasm movie but really throughout the whole series um yeah. but yeah that's that's something that he puts in a lot of his stuff and it works really well here oh yeah yeah it kind of um, adds to the sadness it, really yeah and i think it also adds to that sense that i was i was hinting at of the you know that there's possibly a little bit of an unreliable narrator thing going on here there's a some yeah. delusional element to all of this like it it is it reality? Is it not? Whatever. The, either way, I think that at the end of the day, we all get the point that it doesn't matter if it's reality. This is this is very real to the the characters that are dealing with it. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's and he's got some of his his staple uh, directorial or stylistic things here and there. Uh, some zooming down the hallways shots, scarab beetle POVs that remind me of the uh, orb flying orb shots from. <laughs> Uh, fan for phantasm and, yeah um yeah so. but that that kind of surreal 
aspect that we're talking about. That's that's literally like looking back at his filmography. It's in every one of his movies. It's oh yeah, I just Beastmaster, recently uh, watched Beastmaster Quest. again, yeah. and yeah, you absolutely get pieces of that even in Beastmaster, yeah. which doesn't seem like you would. But well, and of course, John dies at the end. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the poster child for that style. Anyway, um, yeah. and and I, I will. I think that's one of the things about Coscarelli is when he's working with uh, adapting pieces like John Dies at the End and this, uh, he's he's really good at uh, picking good projects, I feel, like that his style would work with. Yeah. That's a movie I still have to see, John Dies at the End. Worth it. Yeah. We yeah. had it on the list, but yeah. we had to take it off. But yeah. yeah, it should get back on. We should put that back on. It, it should be back on, yeah. <laughs> good book, too. Uh, yeah, it's uh, and and I, I read uh, Don Coscarelli's bio- autobiography not too long ago, and he, mm. I think you're giving him a lot of the proper credit, but I also think it has a lot to do with uh, what he can get funded, because he, yeah, you know, over the years has tried to develop many different things, a lot of short stories he's found, a lot of um, uh, interesting adaptations, tried to get him funded, and the only thing he can ever get funded is another Phantasm sequel, and he kind of like begrudgingly does those, even though he ends up loving working, you know, doing yeah. it again, but uh, usually. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're just, you know, he's, he's had the fortune of the things that he has been able to get all the way to the screen really working out well for him, like this is a great adaptation. I think John Dies at the End was, was a good adaptation, like it's it's Mm-hmm. It, it's a flawed movie, but I think it's definitely got its strengths as well. So anyway, right. we'll, we'll get to that right. someday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I was going to also, just kind of going through some other kind of notes and things that I um, mentioned down here. And shit, I'm blanking, so this is going to be an edit point. <laughs> <laughs> I think the... <laughs> Uh, I could fill in go. if you want to look at it for a second. The uh, one thing, and, and I always have to nitpick something because you know most movies aren't perfect, absolutely front to back. I could have done without the bumbling Undertaker characters in this movie. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, I don't know if you guys feel differently, but like it felt I like every know. few scenes they like, yeah. and I know what they're doing there. They're you know kind of making the driving the point home about the like these people keep just dropping dead and nobody really cares like that's just very evident in that in that relationship but we got like four or f- i think four scenes with them and i was like oh, okay I remember i'm not sure we need three a three okay. i think it's three um but anyway yeah four, it's yeah, uh, I don't remember. yeah i'm not sure i i wasn't gonna admit on the air, but I actually haven't finished rewatching this for the most recent <laughs> time. So maybe you I go and you finish. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I have seen it multiple you times in the your past. Piece. So I knew there were some. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I feel like that. That was just a note I had. Is uh, I feel like those characters could have totally been written out of the script, and I'm not sure you would have. Or like you know, it could have just been a scene of co- sheet covered body getting to hearse or whatever, and it's it's off. We didn't really need the. Um, banter with well, those two, but uh, yeah, it's... and I'm trying to think. One of them I know I've seen in a bunch of stuff before. Yes, uh, what I know which I'm one you're talking for, about because uh... it was the same reaction I had. Like the that's, guy who's that's always Dan- starting Daniel the Roebuck is the yeah. uh, one you're talking about. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so. and I was looking up his his filmography, and it's like, okay, yeah, I know I've seen some of these movies, but I just remember him being like in something 
different, like something else. I but yeah, he's familiar. It says on his uh, Wikipedia page, and I'm not going to dive in too deep, but he's been in numerous Rob Zombie and Don Coscarelli films. So yeah, so I've probably uh, seen him in in one of those, but. Uh, yeah. I've seen him on television for a variety of like yeah I small like, roles and okay small TV maybe that's films. what it is, yeah. but yeah those those two characters just kind of they were they it, they weren't bad they just didn't add anything yeah I yeah. I'm mm, I'm mixed on it because I don't disagree, but I also do like their presence I will admit like so the first act is like is part of like the first victim in the movie that dies. And the guy's talking about, like, the fleeting of life. And he has another indifferent person with him. And so these characters kind of add to the idea, like, that balance between, like, somebody who's trying to make, like, a more meaningful understanding of death. You know, the, uh, dealing with existentialism, right? The other person who's just fucking indifferent. Like, even a little bit harshly so. Like, in the second act, he's going to say something again. You know what? And the guy goes, like... Oh, are you going to get mushy on me again? No, mm-hmm. I was just going to suggest that you just deodorize the body. And I kind of got a laugh out of it because it was like, oh, look, it yeah. broke the monotony. I will admit the third interaction was completely just slapstick, on, not, on, unnecessary. Yeah. And it did kind of derail for a bit because they just legitly Dropping just dropped the body. The body yeah. And that was it. And I'm like, yeah, that part didn't really need because that's... They- I didn't Maybe was that was the crux of my gripe is that I they think that keep is. coming back yeah. to it. It's like, I like the concept of it. I know why they were there. They were functioning as another reminder of, you know, how how, how people, those of us yeah. outside of that situation, us younger people, how we relate to, you know, to the elderly dying in a rest home. You know, that that's about the amount of care that we, you know, perceive. Or, you know, that line that the, the, the driver that doesn't give a shit <laughs> gives you is kind of yeah. the, the reflection of most people's amount of thought that they've put into that situation yeah. so yeah like a weak attempt versus no attempt at all yeah um and well can and added to political things there, there's another <laughs> yeah. there's another kind of you know here's something else people in in these type of homes deal with uh you know you you've got the indifference of of family or you know being forgotten you've got the patronization of the, the staff it, yes. you've got the bureaucracy and you know of, of the administration but then you also have the other you know residents mistreating you too the, the movie opens yes. with the lady stealing chocolates mm-hmm. from glasses patient. even glasses yeah just stealing glasses stuff. off of somebody in an iron fucking lung mm-hmm. like yeah by the way you guys did you guys ever work in a retirement home no but i've, I've been yeah. in plenty yeah. i have for like i worked in there for like six weeks and I can tell you, there is an accuracy to some of these things. Like, this is a little cartoonish, but there is, like, usually, like, an right. upper management does not care. They're all about the business aspects. I will say people in the lower ranks, they actually do legitimately care about yeah. the residents. There's not always a person, but actually, that was the biggest problem is, like, a lot of people. I was just a server. I was a waiter at the fucking lunchtime. But I and so many other people, like, we were just legitly bothered by the treatment of so many people and our lack of power to do anything about right. it. But you also had the problematic fucking like residents who yeah. again, these are people. 
<laughs> like, they don't become, like, this magical, loving grandma. They are just people who are older and move much slower. So whoever they were in life, they stay. Yeah. <laughs> and you do have, like, these kleptos, and they're aware of the vulnerabilities, or the the perceived vulnerabilities of old people, and totally take advantage of it. So this old fucking lady oh, doing this shit, I was like, yep, yeah, nope, I've seen this. Yeah. I've seen women like this taking corn off, corn of the cob off the fucking plates of people with Alzheimer's and shit and eating them. Like, I've seen this, these fucking things go. And then when you confront them, they pretend that they're like, oh, no, no, I'm like, no, I know about you. Yeah, <laughs> like, That's, you bring up a good point that I don't think, you know, we, we want to admit very often is that, yeah, elderly, like, we, there, there's mistreatment and that's wrong. But, you know, at the same time, like you said, you know, somebody can be an asshole in their youth, and just because they're old doesn't mean they're nice now. They it, can the be good, an old the good asshole. Equivalent is is high school, but it's not from like elementary to high school. It's high school to elementary school kind of transitions. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like that. It's like dealing yeah. with like when you're in that kind of environment. It reminds you of yeah. that kind of situation where it has its own ecosystem. Yeah. The, the, and the, like the bully in junior, you know, in their junior year of high school was probably a bully in third grade too yeah like Biff they'll from probably the be a bully when they're 80 you know? yeah <laughs> it's just yep. yeah once you, a dick you, most likely you, always you, a you'd dick. like well and you'd like to see that you know say that everybody changes and in many cases people do but mm. every now and people then can. They I don't can. Know people can people yeah, yeah definitely yeah. people can but I don't know if they as often do as we like to think, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that, but that is a thing that's shown in here as as well. Like, yeah. So they're, they're checking yeah. the boxes, but they're doing it in well, a in a good, meaningful way. And the yeah, yeah the, the primary you know plot line that we follow with our main characters here is a change for the positive. So you do see these two people, you know, kind of taking uh, not only finding finding purpose, but also taking hold of their destiny or whatever. You know, it's. Um, you know, Elvis is very steadfast about how he's going to go out after he decides, you know, he's not going to let, you know, he's not going to lay down in his bed and slowly die of dick cancer. He's going to get up and he's going to fight this, you know, or have his soul sucked out of his asshole by him, you know, undead mummy. Like, so. Dressed and as just a cowboy. Be shout out. <laughs> yeah, yes, shit. Residue. Shout out to the visitor's toilet. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. While he carves <laughs> hieroglyphic graffiti into the shitter house wall. Uh, I like that yeah, one just... line where it's like mentioned, like, yeah, even the mummy would want to shit in some place that's clean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, every. I don't want to say that this movie's up there with like Back to the Future, with like as far as the screenplay goes, where it, like everything that happens is for a good reason, you know. But it gets really fucking close. It gets much closer than this movie has any right to be, just based yeah. on the description of it. It's yet yeah. another example. It shouldn't work. But not only does it work, it works on so many levels. Yep. When you th- when you think yeah. about it, even including the mummy, it's really just a battle of three old people. Yeah. But the mummy being the oldest he, fucking he's just one. just a very, very old person, yeah. <laughs> like the oldest old bully. <laughs> like that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, but who also was made into a immortal mummy against his own will. Yeah. You, they don't really dive into his backstory a lot. They give you a little bit and then they just kind of, you know, let let the story go, but um yeah, you you could make an argument that he's kind of in a similar situation in some way to right. He's just yeah. again, it comes down to like and I mentioned like the politics, the ecosystem that is like grade school and how it it repeats itself in an, in a uh, retirement home 
is just you are trying to survive <laughs> the most comfortable way that you can. Yeah. And yeah. like you got the mummy doing the exact same fucking shit. <laughs> it's just like yeah. I can't fight a younger man. Yeah, you know, it's I, like that's great because we can't fight a stronger monster. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's adopted that all, all that thing they always tell you about. You know, it's it's healthier to eat like six snacks a day than sit down and eat three large yeah. meals. He's yeah, so <laughs> just just suck out, out your snacks. They're an asshole. <laughs> You're good to go. I I do have to admit <laughs> that popping them like a handful of almonds. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's a... I do have to admit that reviewing this movie has made me realize something about my my taste in in films are like scenes that i like because the, not the best transition the no it's not but the <laughs> the um, my taste in movies sucking the, the, the kind of asshole. like no the the climax scene right with you mm-hmm. know jfk and old elvis fighting this mummy like it's, it's in a in a motorized chair in a motorized water. chair it's just so fucking great and then I also think about like okay, well, one of my my two favorite scenes of all the Lord of the Rings movies are in Fellowship. It's the the fight between Saruman and Gandalf. I just is like, I don't know. I like that. And then the Ents in uh, Two Towers. I like like when they attack. And then Star Wars, like the in the, especially the the first Star Wars in, in A New Hope. What's like one of the best scenes? Ah, it's Obi Wan and Vader when they actually have their 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 lightsaber duel. I like watching old people fight. And I don't know how oh to God. feel about that. We can't let you near her home. You know, I'm like, I don't know how to feel about that, but I got to admit, yeah, yeah, I, I'm always down for, like, an old person fight. What the fuck does that mean? Are you yeah. looking forward to sharing a fucking retirement home with this person, Eric? <laughs> it's going to turn to old person I mean? fight club very, very fucking quick. But I just, I yeah, got like, your like, like, yeah, that it was... won't be boring. No. It no. won't be boring, that's for sure. When someone knocks out their teeth, you're getting the full set. Yeah, you know, do it. I'm shit. not. I'm not against shit. It. I mean, come on. We right? got our lightsabers in the future. Eight years younger than Joe, six years younger than me. So we're moving in with you. That's what's going on. Yeah, oh, that's what's going to happen. We'll just set up yeah, a boxing right. ring in the back, <laughs> and <you know. laughs> I don't want to hear about anyone's fucking canker, canker pecker. That's I don't know. Right? Better believe it. You're getting all the details. <laughs> what's the best movie of the X Men so. franchise? Logan. Yeah, you know, it's like old, old people fighting. Old people fighting. <laughs> Uh, you're onto something here. So. Oh my god, yeah. he really is. Yeah. Golden Girls, best fucking sitcom. See? Oh my god. What else can we do? That would have been great. The Golden Girls meet uh, Bubba Hotep. Yeah. That would I, could, I could yeah. see him kick some ass. You know? Yeah. There was so much talk about there being ass. more um, sequel options and stuff for this because oh, there we are even more, suck and says more it in short the, stories. In the, after the credits, actually. Yeah. There's yeah. a joke yeah. about that. I, I don't remember which stories are actually real and which ones were just like speculation or spec scripts or comic books or because there's a comic book series as well, a short series. Yeah. Oh, with um, uh, Army of Darkness, actually. Yeah, yeah I know. I know that too. there was a the one I had heard about that they had greenlit as a sequel for a while was something uh, called Bubba Sasquatch. There was a She Vampires. There was something like Cosmic Vampires. I remember being. Because that yeah. was at the end of the movie, was it like fighting some kind of vampire thing? I can't for the life of me remember exactly what it was. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so, not sure that will ever happen. We'll probably never see that. Uh, they're trying. not no. with... Uh, although Bruce totally could still do it. I mean, he's more he's not, He doesn't need the age makeup. Before, so yeah, like, as much. Yeah. Well, the, the original planned... Um, 
Well, not planned sequel, but yeah, the joke was Bubba Nosferatu, Curse of the She Vampire. Oh, that's right. That's yep. what it is. Um, yep. yeah. But then he changed his mind and said, "Okay, well, why don't we? Why don't we do one? Because people really like this." And that's what it was. Apparently, yeah. the sequel would center around the. And this is from Wikipedia. The sequel would center around the production of a lost Elvis movie from the 1950s or 60s, and would bring in Paul Giamatti as Colonel Tom Parker. Oh. So <laughs> it it would have been, you know, like. Not just a prequel, but I don't know. I, that would have been that would have been great casting for Colonel Tom Parker. That would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just saw Tom Hanks do it, and it's interesting. But yeah, <laughs> it's a little strange. Uh, but yeah, and then there was also some discussion about Ron Perlman taking over the role, uh, or was interested in taking over the role yeah. of Elvis. I just read that, and I'm like, what? Doesn't Bruce want Campbell want to do it? Why would you replace him unless he like absolutely would not do it? Like, I can't imagine. No offense to Ron Perlman, because I could... Well, there was a reason. I guess, um, again, this is from what I what I read about. Um, Bruce Campbell and Don Coscarelli were working on coming up with a, a treatment or a screenplay, and they started to have some friction. Not really friction, but there's some points they couldn't, as they said, couldn't reconcile. And so yeah. Bruce Campbell decided to walk away from the project because he and he didn't want it to alter their friendship. Yeah, he and wanted so, to keep the friendship. Yeah, he's like, want to keep that, so I'll just I'll back away. And then, yeah. yeah. So there's actually a reason why there was a discussion later about Paul Giamatti was, was saying, oh, yeah, we're still going to make it. And that was back in 2013. There's well, in 2018, IDW Publishing released a five-issue limited series yeah. adaptation of the novel re- uh, retitled Bubba Hotep and the Cosmic Bloodsuckers. So yeah. some version of this exists in some media, as you do get with what it seems to be like not just Bruce Campbell properties, but in this case, Bruce Campbell co- properties. If he doesn't mm-hmm. show up again in, in movies, on film, it will be on the page. Yeah. And yeah, usually be right. tied in with Army of Darkness. <laughs> somehow. Of course, which, which they did here, which is perfectly well. fine. Yeah, and that's what I love about IDW Publishing and a couple of the other, um, <laughs> you know, comic series or, or comic book companies that aren't like you know the huge DC Marvel is they do these Fuck horror it, crossovers constantly, right? It's yeah. Army of Darkness and Leatherface and Friday the Thirteenth and. I think they you even know, have like what Power Rangers versus Godzilla. It's yeah. just monster yeah. mash stuff, man. It's back yeah. from like you know the old, old Universal films. That's a they finally ran out of ideas. They just started doing like, well, it's Frankenstein versus Wolfman. Then we'll do we'll throw in Dracula and we'll they'll all be in the same movie and they'll be uh, we'll pit them against one another. It's a it, it's same idea and you know what I'm I'm there for it pretty much. Well, yeah, because who would have thought? <laughs> let's take let's take you know Elvis Presley and a mummy dressed as a cowboy and JFK, but he's black. And we'll put them together in a nursing and he has home. Sandbag and it's sandbag in his work. brain. It's yeah. Sand, yeah, it's gonna work. Yeah, it yeah, it does. This is perfect for like IDW. This is like the ultimate monster bash kind of a thing. Yeah. Well that's um, what always yeah. works, is this like that's that's the fun of like a grade school element right like the thing that brings people together is that fun mashup of like what's the most random fucking collection of ideas how do we mash them together and like what comes out of that and that's what excites us and this movie does a fucking good job and again it throws some fucking heart into it that is unwarranted but honestly is the best part of the fucking movie yeah Yeah. lots of heart (laughs) like two big scoops of heart you get in this one so big big two scoops of elderly heart 
Well, with and that, a few sandbags. Should, should we uh, move into some final thoughts and maybe a grade for Bubba Hotep? Yeah, um, yeah. Eric, let's start with you. Um, this one is just again. I, I kind of like set it up in the beginning that this is something that I had looked forward to seeing the first time I saw it, and it kind of had like built up this like um, anticipation or like kind of legendary status already. And and it was one of those rare films that did not disappoint me in any way. In fact, exceeded all of my expectations and. It still does that, I think. Uh, when just just kind of when you think about, it, you just take a step back from it, it, you know, pretend you've never seen it before, and think about the ingredients here and everything that you kind of throw in. Uh, like Joe said, it, it probably shouldn't work as well as it does, and not only should it not work, uh, it shouldn't probably make me, f- you know, have as many like feely moments and <laughs> like you know, be as like heartfelt as this ends up being. Um, it's just all around a great example of what you can do with cinema just by being creative and, and, you know, just having fun and, and, and not and next to no budget. <laughs> yeah. Next to no budget. Well, that's, a, I think that's a great thing. You don't get a movie from this, like this from a studio. This has to be a micro budget movie. You don't get something like this. This is the magic that comes out of, you know, just people out there trying to get their ideas on, on the film. So, uh, I don't know. It's great. It's also a showcase, uh, and unfortunately, to date, probably the only time that he really gets to stretch, but to show you the real talent that Bruce Campbell has, and uh, he deserves more, uh, <laughs> more A-list casting or more, you know, um, more attention. Just, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. more attention than he gets outside of like the niche, you know, horror film fandom that he has. So, and, and I'm sure he's not, you know, he's. He's laughing all the way to the bank. I'm sure he's 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 happy with where he's at, and I, mm-hmm. I've heard him say as much. But uh, yeah, this really shows that he's he's got the chops when he needs to, um, yeah, prove it. So this depiction of Elvis in this movie. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm not sure. I haven't seen the new Elvis movie uh, that you were talking about, but this is one of my absolute favorite depictions of Elvis in anything that I've seen him depicted. So it's. Uh, might even be my favorite. It's, it's a different take on it, obviously, because he's old Elvis. But yeah, it's 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 great. So all in all, there's not a whole lot. Like I I really had to nitpick to even come up with my little like gripe about the the Undertaker characters or whatever in this thing. So in general, this is just like pure B movie joy for me. Like everything from from the first frame through the end of it, it's it's fantastic. So this one gets an A from me. It's it's so much fun and so much more than that and it will i don't care if you've listened to this entire episode this movie will still exceed your expectations of when you sit down and watch it if you've not seen it so mm-hmm. what do you think ryan i am gonna be i'm gonna open up the echo chamber that is uh my my carry on from what eric says yeah no this movie constantly it is just it is a perfect B-movie, which is a weird statement to make when it comes to what B-movies are because they very much are subjective in terms of their enjoyment and cult status. But this movie does have, like, a heart. Like, where you can have movies where you kind of, like, take a few viewings to really kind of enjoy a movie uh, for what it is or you maybe even make up excuses because you really want to enjoy it. This is one of those B-movies that, like, just earns it more than it ever has to and because of the story elements about like the humanistic the humanizing elements of characters who are dealing with like an actual thing we will all go through Mm -hmm. which is like near the end of your life and being 
forgotten essentially and like how we again it's up to you to kind of like make that meaning and like it really does hold that and it's because of the performances like who they got to do this and this is one of fucking bruce campbell's best fucking acting uh performances of all time and like you can see like how much he is taken seriously the character of Elvis. The only other person I could think of in a role like this, in a movie like this, that would be fun to watch, would be Nicolas Cage. But, between the two of them, I still think I would pick Bruce Campbell, because again, Bruce isn't going about it as like a fan, or just some like actor trying to make a buck. Bruce is going about it as like, how can I humanize a character? It just so happens to be Elvis. And it's like, holy shit. And this is a movie you fight a fucking cowboy mummy. Like, like, um, which funny enough is like, I would uh, not, not to diss this movie, but it is actually one of the weaker parts of this film is the mummy. This movie goes fast. Mm-hmm. Like it's an hour and a half, but it goes surprisingly fast into the third yep. act. Like that always surprises me. But I'm never really, like, what it leaves me with is more. I want more because I've enjoyed what so much it has given. I think that's why it goes so fast, Um, you know, because, like, that's how it goes, right? Good things fucking go quick. Um, And I have to agree that this movie is, like, undoubtedly an A for me. Um, Like, I, I... like I said, I would like to have more of the mummy sequences, but the movie with its heart and how it does what it does, like it fucking earns it easily. And it gave me one of my favorite lines from uh, JFK. This <laughs> is like I'm working with a bag of sand here when it comes to thinking. <laughs> um, I think that's going to be a quotable thing throughout my life anytime, especially if you have ADHD. It's just like just I'm like, working with a bag like of sand here. Like so, <laughs> like, um. Yeah, awesome. I, I'm gonna echo a lot of the same. I mean, this was it's it's rare for well anymore. It's rare for me to get really excited about a movie, but this is one that I really was excited about seeing. And then when I finally did, it not only was not what I was expecting, but it was better than what I was expecting. And yeah. that's that's not a common thing to happen. And in then you know repeated viewings over the years, uh, we mentioned this I think before we started recording, but I was shocked how much I remembered from this. I haven't seen this in well over a decade, but I was amazed. Like, wow, I, did I watch this that much? I remember like what lines coming. I remember the cadence at which it was says. Like, I've memorized this. And I didn't even realize it because it's memorable uh, for being unique, being well executed. Uh, pacing can be a little like there's some. It's not that it's poorly paced by any means, but there are some weird feels to some of the pacing because of when it does go from uh, the more serious to the more silly. But it does so in, in an acceptable way. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's noticeable, but not in a bad way. You're, you're kind of on board for the whole thing. Uh, and a lot of it's brought from these unexpected casting decisions and, and then these great performances. So, yeah, this one's definitely an A for me, too. Um just always always a fun movie to revisit i mean it's it it, you gotta give a movie props for like saying like some cringy like dialogue in a heartful way right (laughs) like (laughs) like some of the like clear old manisms that i think we all are aware of that that is being said by by elvis himself but said in a way that kind of like my heart 
His pecker, <laughs> his pecker don't work. So, <laughs> yeah. like, good job. <laughs> well, we would love to know what any of our listeners think of uh, Bubba Hotep, which, by the way, is currently streaming on Tubi uh, and, I believe, Pluto TV as well. Uh, but we'd love to know what you think of Bubba Hotep, and if we uh, maybe missed any points that you would like to express your opinion about, please feel free to send any of those questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms to the Video Junkyard Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod and on Facebook and Instagram on our main Video Junkyard Podcast pages. If you write it, we'll read it, and we look forward to hearing from you. And if you like what you hear, uh, appreciate if you. St- Come and visit us over at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash podcast, and consider donating a very small amount to the... Got any uh, money? ...to help us make this podcast. And um, with that small donation, you uh, will receive um, voting rights uh, for getting movies of your pick, movies that you pick, onto the show, and uh, as well as some exclusive content every now and then. And, um, yeah, just help us... Uh, create this wonderful podcast that you love so very much and uh with all of that in mind i hope you will be coming back to join us for the rest of our halloween celebration we're going to be watching and not necessarily in this specific order because we haven't picked yet but the 2010 uh benicio del toro wolfman film uh we're gonna be watching the peter jackson um directed the frighteners so pre lord of the rings peter jackson and um, a pick that I made that I'm probably going to regret and my uh, fellow cohorts definitely will. We're going to be watching 1990s Rockula as the... Um, yeah, we got the, we got the classics. <laughs> we're starting with mummies. We're going to werewolves, ghosts, and now... we got to get a Rockula. Dracula. Yes, Rockula. <laughs> so, uh, I have not seen it myself. I, I came across it on a list of Halloween movies and couldn't help myself. So, uh, so we'll we're all diving into a new, so we're, we're diving a new in, deep yeah. tip. It's great, but... Yep. Can't see, think of a better crew. Well, we hope that <laughs> you uh, enjoyed our discussion of Bubba Hotep, and we hope that you will join us for future episodes. And we hope that if you've also uh, enjoyed said podcast, you'll feel free to uh, share it around. And until next time, I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Sisko saying, go see Bubba Hotep. Your pecker depends on it. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear of the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard? <laughs>